was a weak one. Anyways, welcome back to another episode of Teeing It Up. I'm your host, Connor, as always, with another episode. Um, less than a week since our last one, since last one was so weak, like, late in the week. There, there are the words. Um, anyways, how you been since we last chatted to my co-host of CNV, The V, Vladdy? Uh, I've been good. Uh kind of drowning at work. Um, I know last time on Thursday I said, oh, I'm so excited. I might have some this big test off my plate. And that test is off my plate, but it has been replaced by a ton of smaller, some menial, some brain dead, some just like actual like work tasks where today I looked down at my phone at like 8.15 before I fully got started. I don't think I looked up until lunch. And then I don't think I looked up again until until probably 5 p.m. Uh, I've been incredibly busy at work, but had a great weekend, golfed. I have a new career best, an 85. Snap so, it up, snap it up, snap yeah, it up. That's, that's my career best, too, so we're tied now. No, so I'm not going to lie. I was thinking about it. Um, outside of one in hole, hole where I imploded, unless I make drastic changes to my swing, as in, like, lengthening it, because, I mean, you know, I, I kind of stop it, like, a half of like a, yeah. a normal person's backswing unless I make drastic changes to that it's never going to get really any better for me because I was putting chips close I was one putting on a bunch of holes there was no duffs there was no shanks there was no tops there was no that there was no there I didn't lose a single ball so I, I I've kind of almost topped out my golfing ability at probably an 85 which is kind of unfortunate to think about but at the same time I did improve four strokes on personal best so I'm yeah first first of all congrats on that second of all yeah mine's 85 as well um and I do agree that I like I can't really get I have good rounds and I have bad rounds and they're just like a good like a bad round is the same within the same range a good round is within the same range i don't really think much changes until like i get a lesson or like i learn how to like actually putt like like a real person <laughs> so like I, like i agree that i'm kind of like the i've tapped out my i guess i guess the next thing to come is this is kind of the story of golf is consistency like your good scores just become your more consistent scores yep um, not necessarily getting any better. You just score those good scores more. Um, so maybe 85, maybe instead of hitting 85 once a summer, you hit 85 every other week or something that, like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's fair. That is, that's true. So what about yourself? How were you this past weekend? Good. I had a good weekend. I also golfed a lot. I didn't play very well this weekend, but I did golf. Um, yeah, good weekend. Got after it. Um, kind of sort of coming down with something last night today, not fun. Uh, just hoping it's allergies. So I'm pretty quiet at work. So I guess that's good for me. Um, they seem to be giving a lot of the research projects to the other clerk, or at least the attorney that she's under gives her a lot more work. It seems like, um, yeah, that's my life. And so I just kind of wanted to, I wanted, I didn't even want to answer your question because I wanted to just segue right into the big news topic. You want to um, this was start gonna with be, that? Yeah, it was going to be such a short show. We were only going to have four games of sports to even talk about. Um, and then probably one of the bigger news stories of um, 
in sports history, definitely as I drool on myself, golf history. Yes. Uh, I, let alone sports history. Uh, see, the only reason I want to say sports history is because, like, it's still golf. But, like, in golf's history, and it, it's it's massive. Um, the entire sport changes. Uh, you mentioned it beforehand. There's a million different perspectives here. How do we want to start? Do we just kind of want to give a background and maybe start going through the through the different aspects of all the people affected and kind of all the reasons why it might have happened and what comes next? Yeah. So first, for those, because we haven't actually dropped the ball yet, uh, the PGA, the Live, and the DP World Tour in the is the European Tour as well joining. So technically speaking, it's not the Live; it's the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia. So the Live Tour might cease to exist but uh, the, the but the guys will come back to the pga tour is what it is technically as things are rumored right now okay but and i know that dp world tour yes is that is part of it because but the Europe there is a european tour that like i think i think all of it is under one it, it's it's all under it's gonna be it's, one now yeah it's, it's all under the saudi golf. public investment fund it's all called golf and it's all owned by saudi arabia the golf world tour are you excited yeah, I that's a. I mean, this is not at all where I wanted to start, but it is an interesting dynamic in that golf is going to become so international now. We're going to get very cool scenes and more coverage in America of overseas golf than we ever we've ever gotten before. That will be a cool aspect of this. But I want to start with the PGA Tour, um, kind of the why and the background behind it. I, I think we both have similar theories. If you wanted to kind of go into. Why would the PGA Tour do this if they demonized this idea, this league, um, the people that went to this league to only, you know, 16 months later, not even join them? Yeah, so I think the issue there is the the court cases. I know there, there's, there's obviously the ongoing litigation between the live players and the tour against the PGA Tour. And I think the live tour themselves probably got to a point where either they realized they couldn't win the the argument because if I remember correctly, it was basically the players saying, you can't legally ban me. I'm a contractor. I don't work right. for you. Um, and so maybe they were going to lose that way. Maybe they were going to lose for those who don't know the PGA tour is technically a nonprofit. Mm. Uh, the, a lot, from what I, from what I read today, the PGA tours, like the, the, the purses for, uh, tournaments are actually provided by sponsors. It's not provided by the tour. Mm. So I think they were afraid they were going to lose that status. And I think they kind of got to a point where it was, you know what, we might as well cash in on something while we can. Um, it's obviously incredibly hard to compete against something that has more money than God. Mm. Um, and uh, one thing on the uh, you mentioned the nonprofit, I think it goes even bigger than golf in that this litigation then thus brings it, the only professional sports league that's not for profit, I believe, is the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of brings in now the NFL, now the MLB. Then you it, then you bring in the how the MLB is um, exempt from antitrust yep. regulation. Um, so I think it opens up a can of worms in all of the American sports leagues, not just the PGA Tour, that I think the, the rich people didn't want it to be open, so to speak. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, that's kind of why I see on the why. The one thing I will say, you mentioned the tour. I think the tour looks horrible here. Horrible. The, um, 
hypocrites, frauds. And like I'm not even talking specifically to players. Like we'll get to the players too. And yeah. Like they were they kind of became a casualty of what the tour did, but the tour right. sat there did all of this, oh, we're going to ban you, you can never do anything again, we're going to try and lobby the majors into banning you, we're going to get you thrown off the Ryder Cup, we're going to do this, we're going to do all that. And like you said, not even 20 months later, they have completely just taken, oh, blood money this, you're a puppet for murderers, you don't like the human rights, you're, you're scum of the earth, leave my country, this and that. Basically any thing that you would think that someone who's trying to be magnanimous from a moral high ground would say was said mm-hmm. and they turned their back on all of that on top of that they didn't even notify the players the players yeah. found out when we did when we all saw the tweets from cnbc and then the pga tour and then more and more sports outlets start picking it up that's how the players found out that was that's insane well, how about uh, you mentioned all the all the moral high ground position they took? How about the like demonizing the idea of going over that and the pressure they put on the players themselves yep. to stay? Yep. And the obviously they added incentives this year with kind of the designated events and the upped purses um, and stuff like that for players to stay that to incentivize them to stay. But uh, the social uh, suicide that they kind of made it out to be for these players are. And now these players who would have gone and would have gotten these $100 million deals are sitting there with their thumbs in their pockets like, what did you just talk me into doing? You just talked me out of $100 million for what? For what? Yeah. To be a hypocrite. Yeah, and the one thing I will say, so obviously we are, this is incredibly early on. Um, this is all kind of speculation. It, the speculation is that the live players will get to keep their signing bonuses they got for going over. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's where you're right. I mean, Will Zalatoris was offered $100 million not even three months ago. What's he thinking mm-hmm. himself today? Tiger Woods was offered three quarters of a billion dollars. I mean, he doesn't really play golf anymore, so I don't know yeah. what he's thinking about. And he, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's already a billionaire through his own brand. But what's he thinking about? It's So here's my thing with that, too. And I, 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 I made the point. But as I made the point, I, uh, the counter argument popped in my head is where do you think in the future that goes with like, like, uh, like a Rory McIlroy? Like he's got to be compensated heavily in this new league. Why? What do you What do you mean why? The the, the money is still there. Like that big pot of money is still going to be there. I still think you're going to see these upped purses. These oh yeah, but same but purses. he'd have to, but he would have to he'd have to go and win tournaments to do so. It wouldn't be the here here's a hundred million dollar signing bonus. I think those were a one time thing for the people who were willing to come over and be pioneers. Maybe maybe pioneers is not the right word, but for the people who were willing to kind of go and take all the fleck and the flack right. and, and the and the crap from from the media and from their fellow colleagues. But in terms of right now, I think the money – yeah, the money will stay there. You'll, I'm sure you'll still be playing 20, $20 million tournaments, but I, I, there's not going to be a, hey, man, like here's your $100 million signing bonus or your $50 million Patrick Mahomes salary. It's yeah. I think it's still going to stay. Can you win the tournament or not? But um, do you think – then my next question is tournaments themselves. Do they look like more of a live-style tournament or do they look more see, of a PGA? I, I don't. I don't know. I I could see them maybe splitting it off and having different tournaments do different things. This yep. is where I think this is kind of the NFL model versus like college football, where having everything under one 
owner and one entity might be better because you can have a concise direction. You can have right. people coming out and saying, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. The third guy's doing this. And that's how we're going. There is no a million different conferences picking their own rules and their own right. agreements and then coming up with some stupid committee. Shout out. Best plays best. So we actually end up knowing who's better than who. I I think again, we, I just, I I might say this a million times, Dave, it's incredibly early on. Um, There's still so much unknown. I I think for specific rules, it's way too early to guess, but I think it is beneficial in the sense that you can make something uniform. Or you can make things not uniform if you want to. Maybe some players don't want to play 72 holes. Maybe some players like 54. Make one of the tours play 54 holes. Maybe some players like playing as a team. Make another one of those tours that are. Keep keep the rules from the live. Make it the DP World Tour that. And then the PGA Tour keeps its thing. And there's a, it's nice that you can, you don't have to now deal with a million different entities all trying to impose their own rules. Like Perfect example, boxing versus UFC. Dana White comes in and says, you're fighting him. In boxing, 18 different federations come in and say, well, my guy's next, my guy's next, and they get into into stick measuring competitions, and it doesn't work. So I'm glad for that, for the sport of golf in that regard. Um, I know we mentioned we'll get to the players. We talked a little about how the live guys are rumored to be able to keep their contracts. I think that's – or their signing bonus, I think that's hilarious – they took $100 million to play a little bit less golf for a year, and now they're going to go back to the place that they were told they can never come back to. Um, I think they are – I mean, Phil Mickelson's probably laughing. Kepka yeah. probably doesn't even know what's happened yet. He's probably still recovering from the, from yeah. the Panthers and the Heat games. Yeah, um, in the slopes. Um, yeah. Rory so, is probably in a puddle of his own tears. Yeah. Oof. He's like the biggest one, captain PGA Tour, and then – the PGA tour tells him on it in a tweet to the world that he just like everything he did was for naught. Yep. But going back to live guys, they are smiling from the fact that like they won and all the heat they got like oh, looks yeah. ridiculous now. And it's been totally yep. pushed on to the, to the PGA tour. And they, they did, they did win this at the end of the day, but there's gotta be a part of you. That's like, well, do I really want this to happen? Like, I went to live to not be a part of the PGA tour though. Yeah. No. And again, maybe that's part of where I said, maybe some guys aren't, and I'm not saying necessarily aren't going to come back, but maybe some guys aren't going to be contract. They're not even contractual advice or contracts. Maybe you got some yeah, guys yeah. won't be obliged to go play every week and they'll still be able to pick and choose. And they'll say, you know what? I don't want to play the RBC Canadian open wherever that is, or I don't want to play in the twin lakes open in, Min- in Minneapolis or RBC Canadian. Open. Yeah. Maybe maybe the players will say, you know what? I'll play the big ones. I'll play I'll play the players. I'll go to the majors. The memorial's a nice one. You know, I like the waste management. I might show up over there, and they'll still pick and choose. Um, yeah, I mean, you'll get Brooks. Brooks Kepka can literally just go back to what he was doing playing uh, the players. <laughs> I think the year before he left for the live, he played in the players, the waste management, the four majors. Um, and the FedEx at the end of the year. He was also very hurt, though, wasn't he? Was, yes. That wasn't yeah, that bad. That's when, true. Like he like, couldn't bend down, or he let me refresh. He couldn't like kneel to read a putt, so he was like laying on the ground to try that's and true. do that. So yeah. I think he, there's a little bit of a, a get out of jail card for him on that regard. But um, no, I mean, talking who about, else? Uh, well, as far as uh, PGA Tour players, I don't. Really I think they look stupid too. 
but for, I, for different I don't reasons. Really, for different I don't reasons. Know if they look stupid, to be honest. Well, they just like they just got. I think the PGA Tour looks stupid, and the PGA Tour players just got screwed and kind of like we're just kind of gullible to the fact that money wins in every situation in 2023. That's true, but they they were also part of the people doing the moral high grounding. Rory some Mac- were, some were, but even were, okay. Rory at the end, which kind of makes me wonder. If he knew, Rory at the end circles back on a lot of his harshness. Yeah, if he like knew, he was very pro Brooks. Like I should be in the Ryder Cup. He circles back on a lot of his comments over the last couple months. Maybe he also like, I know. Sucked, so I know there were players. I know there were players who were like, "Oh, these guys should never be allowed back in. This is stupid." Um, I'm never gonna take blood money. I have morals, and like I think they look stupid from the guards. That now they are taking blood money. Yeah, quote unquote. So now they're forced to. They don't even get no, the yeah. option. Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. Like they they absolutely got shafted by their tour, which was supposed to look out for them. But they also do. They they also did take their part in this the situation getting to where it did. Um. I mean, to the why did it happen? We've kind of touched a little bit about it. You can't compete with something that has endless money in 2023, especially when you want to sit there and class yourself as a charity. Um, yeah, we talked about the we talked about the court cases. I mean, I know some people were like, "Oh, did Brooks Kepka and the Live Tour players playing so well in the two majors have an idea or an impact on it?" It's like, no, it didn't. If we were a decade into it and the Live guys were winning. Ev- three of four every single year and placing placing at most of the top 10, then yeah, maybe there'd be like a rethink of the PGA tours philosophy and why their guys aren't performing. But it's, it's not that there, I don't, I mean, they're two majors in with like the split tours that there's. Yeah. It, I don't, it, I don't buy into that at all. Not even I don't like a little bit. I don't, I, I just, I just wanted to throw that out. Cause I know some people were talking about it. I, I just com- objectively disagree with it. Like yeah, Kev- I don't understand the magic behind Kepka winning a tournament, winning a major. After John Rahm won the bigger major of the year so far, and who who came in second? Victor Hovland came in second at the PGA. That's a that's a P- it wasn't like that. It was an all live out fest. One yep. guy won a, one major, and all of a sudden their CW show is like somehow ahead of a show that's on CBS every Sunday afternoon. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't buy that at all. Yeah, I, I completely, I mean that if you want to talk about the, the live tour and their TV deal, I mean, they stopped sharing uh, viewership numbers. You usually do that when you're trying to hide something. There were, there were, I mean, I'm going to call it a rumor cause I didn't watch it. Cause like I said, no one does that apparently one one live event went to a playoff and nobody saw it because it got cut for Arthur or some other the next whatever the next broadcast was supposed yeah. to be on there. So it's not like the it's not like the live tour was sitting there just doing numbers on them and lapping them in viewership. No, it's just you can't compete with something that has infinitely more money than you. Which kind of brings in the next part and where does the infinite money go next? They just bought out an entire sport. It's the first one they've done it. Obviously we've seen them like make their presence in other sports. They, I don't, they, they back and own certain teams in soccer and the premier league. And they're obviously starting their own league in soccer um, as they kind of attempt to buy their second sport. But where does this go from here? If they can buy an entire sport like they just did. Yeah. I mean, I think that's outrageous. I'm going to say it one more time, just because like they bought or not, maybe they bought and own a sport at a, at a world stage. 
That's not like yeah. you owning your own little rec league at, at the at the at Oakland County and saying, you know what, every ten year old plays at my league. They bought the world stage of a sport. That is outrageous. Um, I mean, for themselves specifically. Um, again, you mentioned the soccer. They they bought Newcastle. Um, they were in the process for I think almost a year and a half. I think that finalized last year, and within the first year of them owning it, they they finish fourth in the premier league. So they're going to the champions league and it's, it's only going to be a snowball from there because it is, it is a little bit of time to build yourself up. But when you have more money than everyone else, there are, there are still some financial fair play rules that soccer loosely has that they don't follow that, that new, that Newcastle will have to abide by quote unquote, for those who can't see the camera, but it, I mean, they're going to, they're going to make their own. They, I mean, you say they made their own soccer. League. They didn't make it. It's, it's been there. It's just, they are now getting to the point where they're starting to throw money around. Um, they're giving a bunch of players who, albeit are past their prime, a Benzema, a Messi, a Sergio Ramos. They're throwing Ronaldo. money at, yeah, Ronaldo, uh, Luka Modric. They're going after kind of that last generation, like the players who dominated the 2010s and who are kind of right mm-hmm. now riding in the sunset, and they're throwing them hundreds of million do- uh, millions of dollars a year. And in my opinion, I think they want to try and steal the 2030 World Cup. I think right now the the favorites to get it are, are somewhere in Europe, which because I know they they're now they're they're very big fans of let's put it in a million different countries and supposed to just one, which I don't know if I agree with it, but that's kind of what happened. So I think Saudi Arabia is trying to steal the World Cup from Europe. Um, and I, I think they also want to kind of create a kind of a sustainable league to kind of be able to compete with certain top European leagues now. I don't think it could ever compete with a Premier League. I don't. It certainly can't can ever compete with a Champions League. But you could probably get that, depending on how you position yourselves. Again, you have more money than God. Anything's possible. But I think you could build a fringe top four or five league in the world with Saudi Arabian money in Saudi Arabia. So, soccer's obviously not of what's next because that's a, that's basically a current operation for yeah. them. Um, I mean F one. Um, they they got their own uh, race there, which started in 2021. There was rumors in early 2022 that they had made a 20 billion dollar bid for the entire sport. Um, that was rejected, but at the same time, they they I remember reading about it. The more I think about it, and there was some shadiness in the sense that like I don't know if a bid was ever submitted, but someone in Liberty Media, which owns F1, had like quoted a number of saying oh we're worth this much and then i don't think it was ever an official bid but they're certainly looking at f1 whether that be through the sport as a whole or maybe they start maybe they buy their own team through some car manufacturers and some names to get into the sport that's a big one i mean i know golf soccer they they have kind of targeted more of the international sports so f1 would kind of be that next one up but right I certainly, certainly could not rule out uh, them making a play for an American sports team. Yes, no, not at all. And I think the NFL is next because if you want to talk about the next biggest league, although it's although the oh they try and make games in Europe every year, and it, it is still primarily an American sport. But after you go to the leagues we just mentioned, what's probably the biggest league in any? part of the world it's probably the i'm NFL. gonna be honest the nfl on its own as an entity is probably bigger than any other league in the world you think so you think it's bigger than any like the premier league or something like that oh yeah okay. let's put it this way um the smallest teams in the premier league are probably worth 
couple hundred million dollars. Yeah, there's a wide like a wide wide yeah, like, like wide because, because European soccer is not built on an American franchise model because there there is actually competition and your success is not guaranteed. You can get relegated. You do yeah. have smaller teams, but if you look at the NFL, the Washington Commanders which are probably an above average value franchise just sold for $7 billion. Now, obviously, yeah. it doesn't make them worth – I mean, it does make them worth $7 billion that they just sold for, but their value on Forbes would probably be somewhere around 5 If you look at the average valuation of an NFL team, it's, I think it's around like 3 or $4 billion. So you right. multiply that by 32 teams, you multiply that, and then you have, probably have some more stuff to factor in with the just the pure name brand of the entire league as opposed to just the teams as a whole – I wouldn't be shocked if you're looking at a $200 billion league in the NFL. And I don't know how many, how many other leagues can say that. So right. again, but like when, when does that, like, I do think in our lifetime, not tomorrow, because, because they, like you said, these franchises in the NFL are so valuable and it is such kind of an old boys club as far as the owners group go. And they're very nitpicky about who can come into this group and mm-hmm. kind of, revenue share with them or whatever yep. you want to call that uh i think it takes takes some time for a saudi backed um group to make a an a, a step forward into an nfl franchise i think you do see it in our lifetime though because of the lesson we learned today and that money wins and they seem to have more than anybody else at this so point. i'm gonna i'm gonna take what you just said i completely agree with it but i think your timeline's way off I think they could go into the NFL as soon as they have the interest to, which again we don't know. I'm I'm not in Prince or I'm not in MBS's uh, daily status meetings of what he wants to do with his country's money. But if if they have an interest in doing so, the next time an owner dies and their kids don't want to deal with it, I think Saudi yeah. Arabia could be first in line. Because I mean, I look at it purely simply like this. Um, well, I'll get to the moral part later because I know when you're talking about a primarily U.S. sport, there'd be a little bit more maybe media coverage about this as, as there was for the live. But prime example would be just what just happened in basketball. Who can bring you more value to a league and to a team and to just kind of growing what each owner does? Matt Ishbia or a country as big and as powerful as Saudi Arabia? Who Who, who brings more value? Yeah, I see the point, but I, so, but, but but my thing is like they are so particular those owners on who they let into that club that it's yes, it's but, not it's like Jerry Jones won't sell that team. Obviously, extreme example won't sell that team for fifty billion dollars. I mean, has anyone ever offered him that much? You don't know. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm saying like the the. Point no, I know what you're is. saying, but I will say that I don't think they've ever had an opportunity to present itself when a new owner could bring in the the revenue that Saudi when Saudi Arabia comes into your sport they bring in billions of dollars with them just to invest into that sport i don't know if you saw some of the particulars of the deal with the with the live in the PGA part of the deal involves the public investment fund spending billions of dollars to grow the game of golf you're telling me you couldn't get part of that into the contract of hey you know what you want to go buy the Jacksonville Jaguars $10 billion straight cash, which we know they had, and you are going to spend billions of dollars renovating the stadium, building other stadiums, bringing in sponsorships, giving us more revenue. I mean, we again, we, we keep mentioning the money thing. There has never been 
this much financial might in one concentrated area just going off doing whatever it wants. I think the owners would absolutely sit down and consider a a, a kind of the, the possibility of, hey, do we let these guys in? Because they can bring in a million different companies from Saudi Arabia to slap their names on the side of the stadium, and that'll give us hundreds of millions of dollars. Whereas yeah. a Matt Ishbia or a Jerry Jones or a Robert Kraft, they can come in with Home Depot or with UWM, and that's it. And and to be honest, uh, before today, I would have told you, like, again, I would have made my old boys point to the point where they do care about the morals to a point, like the moral side of things and their own perception. But clearly, after today, I I don't think that applies to any of these any American rich businessman anymore. So I I and. I think that argument of "Oh my God, you can't, you can't do business with the Saudis." I think that's the single stupidest argument on planet Earth because every government on the planet does business with Saudi Arabia. Why can a football team or Brooks Kepka or a hairdresser? Why are they not allowed to? If the United States uh, yeah, government, the I mean, I, of- I, I see not not wanting to like, like you don't have to agree with them doing it. But like you know what I mean, you don't have to agree or like it, you, but you can't question it as a rational. Yeah, that's what system. I'm. Yeah, that, I guess that that's necessarily what I'm saying. Where people are like, oh, how could you possibly do that? That's like, listen, if you hate Saudi Arabia so much and it's so inconvenient for you, don't ever fill your car up with gas again. <laughs> You're not going to do that because you need to. Don't ever vote for anybody again. Don't ever do anything with any country ever because they all do business with Saudi Arabia. If, if this is, like, your limiting, like, high horse, oh, I can't deal with you if you deal with the Saudis, like, you're going to have a very isolated life. Growing your own food, making your own electricity with, like, a windmill on the local creek, and living in, the, in Montana with no, with no human contact. Because they are that powerful, they are that important to the world. End of. And they, they proved that point with an exclamation point. Yes, they did. Morning. Um, anything else you want to get to on this topic? No, I think this was, I, I enjoyed it again. Um, we talked, you said this was, we were, we were possibly preparing for a short show and this came in and we probably just did half an hour of this and it, it was riveting because I think it's incredibly interesting. I think the, the storylines, the, the morals that I think there's so much to it and we can obviously follow this as more details come out. Yeah. So I guess the last thing I wanted to say was I saw a rumor that they had possibly been dis- doing these discussions for seven for seven weeks prior to the oh. announcement. So that's I both guess if, majors. I the only thing I guess I would say is if that's the case, kudos to them for keeping this airtight. It's like right. we didn't find out about it today until today. If they had been doing discussions for seven weeks and nobody leaked it, that's kind of impressive for 2023 standards where there's a hot mic in every room or someone looking to sell something to TMZ so they can make a quick buck. So I, I guess kudos to them for keeping it tight. And that only that only just adds to my Rory conspiracy that he he was on the end. Because you think he skips he skips he does terrible at the Masters. He skips that event. He skips the uh, whatever they're called designated event the week after. He comes back with not like I, I've heard it's I've heard it's a little like it, there's some family stuff. There could be some family stuff going on, and that's kind of the reason for the struggles. Well, if, I mean, he choked yesterday or Sunday, but he's still like top five finish like at the Memorial. 
anyways um but I, it just adds to that conspiracy of him having some idea of this and that's why his tune has somewhat changed over the last several weeks mm-hmm. um so i think that's good like you said i think we can talk ad nauseum about this and i think over the next couple of days, stuff is going to come out that we'll we'll have to mention it on some upcoming shows at least. Absolutely. Um, so we can kind of move on to the finals. Uh, I'll start with hockey because I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights are going to win a Stanley Cup. Uh, Florida's kind of magic of them just being a bunch of rats and wanting to fight people um, doesn't really work when you play the least penalized team in the league who's just a better team than you. Um, and they Vegas looks like they want no part of any of the scrums that Florida's having, and that's a good thing because uh, they've dominated the first two games. Quite frankly, they were up six nothing last night with ten minutes left. Ended up winning seven two. Um, game one was a good game. It was two two going into the third. Vegas scored two one five two with the empty netter at the end. Um, but they just look like a more structured, deeper team. And I kind of said this going in that that was going to be the factor, but Brofsky. Um, on Florida's side, who I said needed to be stellar. He's been average at best. I mean, they've kind of gotten dominated, so it's hard to say um, that he's been terrible because they've mm-hmm. just been dominated in general, and he he was actually great in game one. Um, on the other side, Aiden Hill has been pretty damn special. I mentioned he's the fourth goalie they brought out there this playoff. Um, former Arizona Coyote, he's shined. I don't know if you saw the save he made in game one with the paddle of his stick. I did not um, easily want to look it up after the podcast. If you're listening right now and don't know what I'm talking about, freaking Google it. It's an awesome save. Rob's, I believe Nick Cousins. Um, it's one of those ones that you'll see every five years and be like, holy crap, I got to see that one again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't see this game going more than a maximum. I, it's, it's also tough too, because Vegas had home ice. So you never know. They could go back to Florida and look completely different. I don't see it. Uh, I think this one is over in five, six at the most. I don't see this going super deep. Um, Vegas, like I said early on for months now, Vegas is the team. Uh, so that's kind of all I got because of the domination. Basketball has been a little better series, although I have, I have my opinions on what I've seen so far from the series. Um, oh, so it's 1-1. Yeah. One, one. You want to start with uh, why we're at 1-1? One, one? Yeah, I mean, the, I get I, before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about my irritation with the schedule. Um, yeah. Uh, see, you're going to say, oh, why do they need two days off? I don't really care about that. I was looking at it. I think in two of the – or between two of the games, they only have one day off, and between the, all the rest of the games, it's two day offs. And for me, it's more of a – be consistent. If you if you think one day – if you want to do one day off because you feel like that's – that's it. That that's consistent every other day. Seven games, fourteen days. Boom, do it. If you feel like two days, if you feel like two days is enough because a rest factor, which the NBA, I mean, you run around a little bit, but you're not getting beat, you're not getting your head bashed in against the boards, or you're not getting speared in football. If you think two days is what you need for rest, so be it. But stay consistent. I don't know what nights these games are even on. So hockey is doing the same thing for the Stanley Cup because they're usually pretty religious about every other night. Um, the rationale, I'm you're not going to agree with it. I don't necessarily agree with it. It's travel. It's the travel days that, that are two. Um, whenever they travel, it's two. And when, when there's no travel, it's only one. Again, I, I get the travel days. Um, but I don't know. It's 
Maybe because Denver's in the mountain. They're trying to give Miami some time to acclimate to the altitude. I don't know. But um, I, I just don't like that. I know I'm sure hockey's probably trying to also duck uh, the NBA nights. I'm sure they don't want to yeah. try and compete against a, a, a finals game. But no, that, that's that's just my issues with the scheduling. I don't really that, – that's more of just a pet peeve, not really anything to do with, with the basketball. I mean, game one, uh, Denver showed up, handled Miami – pretty clearly in my opinion i mean there was none of the whole rust versus rest it was denver showed up and just kind of played a very methodical game i mean Jokic did what he does well which is just the the ability to pass which no one's ever seen a center play point guard the way he does i mean you watch him going on a dribble drive behind the back going into layups and it's like being able to see him a little bit more often and more consistently, whereas during the course of a regular season, you might see Jokic twice a season, if that. Mm-hmm. It's 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 very fun to see like kind of what kind of unicorn type player he is. But yeah, game one was not really ever close. Um, Miami did get some decent looks specifically in the first half, which couldn't make them. Um, not really much more there. Game two was a little bit more um, of where the more storylines showed up, and obviously where the uh, where the Miami Heat stole a game and kind of made it a series. It was an interesting kind of fun back and forth game, which ended up being a great finish. I mean, Miami went up 11 early, then Denver went up by 15, then Miami was up by 11, and then somehow Jamal Murray's got a, a shot to tie the game at the end. At the end, And it's really kind of crazy to me just kind of like how game of runs basketball has become and how a 15-point lead these days is pretty much like a seven-point lead two decades ago where teams can score so quickly and the players have gotten so good. Um, And I think a lot of it, I mean, I think it's a simple, like it can be kind of brought all brought into one thing with like two phrases. Like back then, if, if a player scored one of these circus shots that you see guys do now, it's like, well, he got really lucky to make that. Now it's wow. I did all I could to defend that. That's great defense but that's just better offense. And I think p- people have just got to the point where it's no longer luck. There is some skill. People have been practicing it and just the offensive ability is insane. Um, I guess if we're going to talk about Miami a little bit more, I, I mean, I've been incredibly vocal about the undrafted guys. Um, yep. I've highlighted them pretty much every week for the last month, but I do want to highlight Bam Adebayo, who's probably been their best player so far this series. Yep. He was the only Miami Heat player to show up in game one. He followed it up with another good performance in game two. Um, he's been aggressive going at the, the Denver defense, whether it be Jokic or Michael Porter Jr. And I guess that's kind of what they're going to need to continue because, I mean, you expect Jimmy Butler to play consistently. I think he had a, he had a bad game one, he had a better game two, but I think you expect him to be more consistent. It's, it's, it's bam where you need him to continue this stretch if you want to have any chance of winning. And the other thing is the shooting. Um, in game one, the Heat shot 33% for deep and didn't even get a shot to win the game. Like they were, I mean, they were they were down considerably by double digits the whole time. In game two, they shot 49% from deep and they barely won. Now, granted, they're playing away from home, so there's some factor there. But I think the shooting for Miami is going to stay important. It's as we've always said, when you're playing that better team on paper, you're going to need you get your you need you're going to need your shots to fall and I know in game two, they kind of switched the defense up a little bit, um, a little bit more zone. So Jamal Murray couldn't torch him on pick and rolls and it worked out pretty well. So 
that's kind of my take on the basketball. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens in game three tomorrow. Um, to you, I know I kind of just rambled on for a bit, but yeah, no, I think this series is also over. From the bits and pieces I've seen, um, I just think Denver is so much better. I think they're by far the best team in the NBA this year. I think when when Jokic is going, like they're just – I don't see him not going for three more games for enough for the Heat to be able to win. I think this could go deeper than – like I said, hockey's probably only going to go five. I think this could be a six, six – I'm not I'm going to say the six-game series, but I just don't see it with the Heat right now. And, and granted, this is me saying, like, agreeing with you that Jimmy Butler hasn't been that good. And if he does become Hemi again, I mean, they're 1-1 with him not being Hemi. So who knows what happens when Hemi comes out to play. Um, but other than that, and Caleb Martin has been terrible both games. Um, you look for, like you said, undrafted guys, you would think they would be better. I just kind of felt like they're too – when – I watched the second quarter of game two and it just kind of, and I know basketball is such a game of runs and Miami ended up going on a run back, but it just seems like when Denver wants to, they can put their foot down and win the game or go on a run to win a game. You saw yeah, it at the end of game two. Yeah, I don't, uh, I, I mean, I, again, I, I've said it, they're the better team, but it is one one. They did split the series in Denver. They get to go. They get to take their talents back to South Beach. So, I, I'm not going to sit here and say it's over, but I do think that maybe, um, maybe it is kind of what I said, where I think Denver is still again yeah, still the better team. Whether they do it in six or seven, I do still think that they are going to take care of business. So, I mean, home court advantage doesn't really mean as much as it used to. I mean, uh, specifically this year, I think we've watched a lot of games where the road team has pulled stuff out. So we'll, we'll yeah, see. It's just my hot take. My hot yeah. take is I think that there's no way Denver loses this series. Boom. I mean, I, I guess that's a hot take. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens next week when we're only four games in. And yeah, I don't uh, know. yeah, I would like to just say it's a lock. If if you want to bet right now, bet the Nuggets right now. I'm sure it's not the best odds, but oh, it's dude. a guaranteed lock. You're, you're a maniac if you're guaranteed. I'm living and dying by the Nuggets after this take. <laughs> oh, you're gonna hate. You're gonna hate yourself when this series is over and something doesn't go your way. But um, I think I'm all kind of wrapped up on the content for episode again. It was it was great that the uh, the live guys and the PGA guys and the golf world gave us some some extra content to talk about. Hopefully someone else in the sports world can give us something for next week. Uh, I've got nothing else to say. I'll turn it over to you. Uh, no, man. Uh, we'll kind of be able to get into as the finals dies down here, probably one more, maybe two more episodes of this. Um, just kind of some miscellaneous stuff as we approach the summer. Um, I'm not going to talk about the Tigers baseball season every week in July. That's just not going to happen. So, be prepared for that. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, and if that's everything, hit them hard. Go green.